Hi, I'm Sarah Connolly, and this has turned out to be Australia Week because not only have we had the Bay Crits, which were wonderful, and the national championships this weekend, we've just had some really exciting news where Rochelle Gilmore, the owner and manager of the Wiggle Honda team in, in the European racing, has just started a brand new team, the High Five Dream Team, and she's here to tell us all about it. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> wow, this is a crazy week for you. It has been a crazy week. I haven't had much sleep, I can tell you that, but it's been exciting. It really has been for me. I, I didn't even sleep last night with the announcement coming this morning. Yeah. I was with the uh, new athletes. We have uh, eight athletes, but we have six of them at the national championships this weekend. And uh, catching up with them yesterday and just talking about the program and the equipment and where we're going with this and what we can achieve. And it was just, it was so exciting. I got back to my room about... 11 o'clock and I knew the release was going out at 5am so I didn't sleep. I was just too excited. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about it? The idea to do something in Australia was actually born at the World Championships in, in Ponferrada in September mm -hmm. when I was staying in the same hotel as the Australian cycling team whilst I was there for BBC but um, we had a lot of conversation about which athletes might be ready to put into the Wiggle Honda professional team. And I had received a list of um, requests to join the team from about 15 really, really talented names. And I wanted to find out more about these athletes and which one Cycling Australia would recommend to put into our program. Mm -hmm. I'd already signed um, Chloe Hosking and Annette Edmondson. And I had one more position open for an Australian rider. So I got into some discussions. And even to this day, I haven't been able to decide which Australian rider to put into that third spot. So the third spot is still open. Wow. But uh, knowing and talking to Cycling Australia about how much young talent there is um, and athletes that are a little bit losing their way because it's a big step from Australia over to European cycling, the idea was born to create something that would give them the opportunity to, I guess, race as a professional team, act as a professional team, go through all the paces of giving sponsors return on investments, racing as a team, how it is to feel like you've won a race when you've actually finished 20 minutes down in a race and all these really important things that athletes need to learn really quickly before they go to Europe. Mm. So we've created that environment now with professional staff, professional equipment, profession, professional everything um, for these athletes and they're, they're super excited. They're going to be racing in an environment like we have in Europe but just here in Australia um, preparing themselves and knowing that they've got a lot of people behind them to try and open some doors for them in Europe when they're ready. Wow, yeah, because I saw on your um, press release that you're actually going to have some slots for them to be stagiaires in, with Wiggle Honda maybe in the summer as well. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, the plan was actually to bring a team of six athletes from Australia over to Europe and have them race as a as a team, as wow. a team. So get them some guest rides in UCI races. Yeah. Um, bring them over to Europe and uh, yeah, race together um, with similar riders that they've been riding with back here in Australia and seeing how they can execute their race plans in UCI racing perhaps point two races in France towards, you know, August, September. Yeah. And I think it's basically what the Australian National Program have done in the past, they've brought some athletes over to Europe for a six-week program. That'll be enough to give them a taste of what the racing's like in Europe and the lifestyle and being on the road for six weeks will be quite testing for the athletes and they'll find out within themselves if that's the lifestyle that they want.
Mm. And it'll be, you know, it's like dangling a carrot in front of them. Give them a little bit of a taste of it. This is what it's like. And then they can come back to Australia and decide, okay, yep, I want to be a professional cyclist. I want to go to Europe. I'm going to push on with this. Um, or they'll decide, okay, you know, I've been, I've done that. That's enough. I just wanted to see what it was like. And maybe it's not for, it's not for everyone. So um, all I want to do is provide the opportunity. That's amazing. And they're starting racing straight away, aren't they, pretty much after nationals? Yeah, the two down under. So after nationals, they'll only have a, a week before we come together in uh, Adelaide for the two down under. So obviously to start their NRS season with the two down under is massive. Mm. Uh, all their, their new bikes and new equipment, new kit, new staff. They'll be treated like professionals. They're supported by Oakley. So we're going to an Oakley party the night before tour down under starts you know so they they're going to be you know really in that mode of oh well you know we're professional athletes and we're at the tour down under so i think it's going to be a really great start for them wow and then they go to um the cattle evans great ocean road race and then the national road series so that's fun for these women it's cycling around the world has just taken massive massive steps the last 12 months um as as you know we've all witnessed how rapidly women's cycling is lifted its level to close to where the men are in mm. terms of having those prestigious races and now it's happening in Australia. When there's a massive race for men, they're having a massive race for women. So Tour Down Under and Cadell's race, to have those first two races, the first two of that 10 NRS races and televised is absolutely massive. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's it's so good. It's so exciting because it's been quite a difficult time for Australian women's cycling in the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Well, in, in the press it has, but there's been a lot of exciting stuff happening within cycling in Australia. So there's, in, in Australia, and I've only, you know, I come back here for a very short amount of time, but I'm thrown into it because while I'm back in Australia for two or three months, I'm on the road the whole time going to races. Mm. And one that I've recognized this summer being back is that there's all these NRS teams that are really, really professional. Yeah. So, you know, you would have heard of the Holden team, the Suzuki team, um, and the Roxhall team that's been really successful this summer. These are like these mini professional cycling teams, and the girls are being treated like professionals. And there is TV coverage nationwide for the NRS races that the women are doing. And when I say TV coverage, like 30-minute to one-hour packages on mainstream TV, Channel 9 in Australia, you know, free-to-air TV, and then um, Fox Sports also picking it up. And these these programs are being shown over and over and over. So the general public are getting to see cycling and an equal amount of women's cycling as there is to men's cycling. Yeah. So for me, it's been overwhelming coming back from Europe and just seeing the enthusiasm in the women's cycling world here, here has just been, yeah, it's been really overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, even before the Channel 9 deal, I think I could see more of the Australian NRS racers because of the Cycling Australia videos that they were doing than I could do for some of the big UCI racers and, and definitely for some of the big UK domestic racers. It's like I've been following them because it's so easy. Yeah, well, that's the great thing. I mean, even now, like, uh, you know, Channel, Channel 9 and Fox Sports will put these programs up on their uh, online avenues for people around the world to be able to watch. Mm. And whole world is engaging in the Australian summer racing yeah I mean it's been congratulations as well your first race of your your team's first race of 2015 I think that was a bit successful Rochelle 
It was. It was really, really successful. And um, for me, super, super satisfying because, you know, people make these comments after Bakerits. They say, oh, you know, well done. How do you do it again? You know, you guys won again and you dominated again. Well, I can tell you that no one on our team feels like we dominated. We did, if you look at the paper, we did have fantastic results and on paper we dominated. But each and every one of our athletes and staff at the Bakerits this year had to dig so, so yeah. deep within themselves to get those results. You know, like a lot of supporting each other, motivating each other, a lot of fatigue and, you know, the heat hit our Europeans really hard. Um, we had a few things go wrong in logisticals and staff had to drive to Melbourne to pick up equipment and blah, blah, blah. So basically we had to pull together as a team and really, really get behind each other every single evening, every single morning to get the morale lifted, to get, you know, the girls switched on. Some people came in with a lot less form than they thought that they had. So it's, you know, a lot of a mental game, a mind game. I need to go to my staff and say, look, I know that injury is not looking good, but we need to give her confidence for tomorrow or we need to, you know, sacrifice one day, let her have an easy day. A lot of big decisions had to be made. And, you know, in the end, we obviously made the right decisions on a lot of things, but it's um, it doesn't come easy. So for our team, everyone involved, all the staff and riders, Bakerites was super, super satisfying because we were there for each other and we put so much, it just, did, it didn't come easy, you know, and that's why victories and being the first one of the year was so important to us just for the, you know, team's morale going into now to down under Cadell's race and then the really, really big one for us, um, the first UCI race of the season in Qatar. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Qatar. Yeah, I mean, I was. I thought the Bakerits was so interesting because you know you you hear the word crit and you just imagine bunch sprint, but you know two of those were won from breakaways, weren't they? Two of the stages. Yeah, and those breakaways were unbelievable. I've got to tell you, I still, I can't believe that those breakaways succeeded and how strong those riders were. So on day two, when Gracie Elvin went, our team tactic, and I'm sure the tactics of uh, Roxholt and other teams was right from the moment the girls woke up, don't let Gracie Elvin go. <laughs> That's all anyone was thinking. When she moves, bang, straight onto her, don't let Gracie Elvin move. What happens? She just hit him at the right time. I think Spratty did a little attack and then yeah. Gracie over the top and no one could respond to it. And you got the whole peloton trying to chase her down, close it, no chance. Yeah, Just yeah. an absolutely phenomenal display of strength that, you know, has put a lot of pressure on Gracie and people were saying, you know, maybe she shouldn't have shown her cards, but she, how can you not? I mean, she felt so good. She come across the line, the rest of the peloton falling off their bikes and going desperately screaming for water and, you know, um, just, you know, so much fatigue and Gracie's just standing there having a conversation, no worries, got no water on her bike. I said, are you not thirsty? And she's like, oh yeah. I said, do you want me to grab you some water? And she's like, oh, I'll get some in a minute. You know, cool as, just really relaxed and you know, it didn't even look like she'd, she'd ridden a bike. So going into the Nationals, I'd say she's got fine, fine form. May, may, anything can happen within a week, we, we know that. So, um, you know, not too much pressure from, from me because I know as an athlete you hit fine form like that and everybody thinks it's going to be easy. But then the next day at Baycritz, day three, Peter Mullins, oh, and then again at the Criterion National Championships in Ballarat, just attack, attack, attack. And same story, everyone knows, don't let Peter Mullins go. Mm. So it was our tactic. But 
these two riders on those particular two days were just that strong that nobody could close the gap, nobody could even follow the move. Yeah, yeah. A guy on Twitter I know was filming on the hill on stage three, and you can see Peter trying it on a hill and forcing a move on pretty much a whole load of different laps. And then suddenly, the next time around, she's by herself. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, and no, nobody wanted to let that wheel go. So, you know, it's not like she picked the right moment or, or whatever. She just had it. She was yeah. just in a level, a level above everyone else. Yeah, so Chloe's win. Chloe winning overall. And then obviously Chloe won the first stage and Georgia won the last stage. I mean, that was, she had to fight. She had to fight for that because those teams didn't want to get let it up easily either, did, did they? She was, um, I, I was just so, it was so nice to see, you know. It was nice to see for Chloe and it was nice to see for the team and it was nice to see for the racing. Well, I mean, for our, for our team dynamics, it was the best possible result we could have had. Chloe did never, ever wanted the pressure of being the lead rider at Bakeritz. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia was was the one, that, having won last year, the one that we thought would be capable of it and were expecting and asking that of Georgia to come out to Australia and to win Bakeritz. Um, even if she wasn't at 100% form, we thought she, she could be capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, as it happened, Georgia didn't manage the um, late arrival into Australia before the Bakeritz or the heat very well. Uh, it was an extreme temperature change because we got this massive, massive heat wave. Mm. And Chloe actually came into Bakeritz at a higher level than she thought she was at. She she realised pretty quickly on day one, even on day two, that her level is quite good. Her form's quite good. So she said, all right, I'll put my hand up for this. And um, the team said, yep, let's support Chloe. And it was all about day three, you know, could Chloe hang on around that tough course in Port Arlington? And she did an absolutely amazing job and then backed it up with good legs on day four. So she's clearly got a really good level of fitness. Mm. I must be so exciting. But but very interesting for you because I don't even know how you managed to fit all your work in the day because you're team manager. You're also doing the commentary, aren't you, for for the Aussie TV and you're getting all these plans ready to launch. Yeah, so there was a, I mean, my um, priorities at Baycrits was to let the staff run the, uh, run the team, but mm. that didn't go exactly to plan because it was new staff. And I guess that was a learning experience from, from myself. I accepted the job as a commentator for the Australian Cycling Series um, a long time ago. So mm. I've, I pulled in some, some staff. I didn't want to bring my European staff out because, as you know, there's a really, really long season. I brought out, obviously, some of my PR team. But um, we had a new um, DS, a new mechanic. Our Swanee worked with us before. So I had to be around, you know, to advise on on the running of the team. So that was all right. But then I was um, taking off to do the commentary on the stage. So I was doing that during the women's race. Mm -hmm. And then every evening I would have to go back to the location of the race and do the voiceover for the TV package. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wasn't able to be around the team for dinner and afterwards um, because I was doing the commentary each night. So we did manage to do a debrief after the race each day and I was a part of that. Yeah, just being on the phone all the time to, to manage logistics and, and big decisions, I guess. And then, yeah, um, the planning of the launch for this team, which has happened today, was uh, I wouldn't say we were on, on top of things as far as um, 
the imagery that we wanted to get because we hadn't had the team together until yesterday um, to do the final photos and videos and stuff like that down here at Nationals. Mm-hmm. And that was super, super exciting for me to meet the girls of the High Five Dream Team and just to, to sit around and talk with everybody about their ambitions for the season and their strengths and weaknesses and fears and just really great conversation and um, really inspiring women. Wow, and it must be a very good because obviously Kimberly Wells, Dr. Kimberly Wells, she's just what she's just taken back her national crit championships after a pretty rocky year of injury and stuff. Well, yeah, I'm really, really happy for uh, Kimbers, and uh, that was a difficult moment because um, we had Chloe won out in that race in the nationals. She was riding as an individual and extremely tired from the four days at Bakeritz and then just the day off to recover, and she hadn't recovered and not able to cover all the moves, obviously, mm. um, herself. So that was a little bit disappointing. But when Kimber's won, that was fantastic for me because she's uh, one of our lead riders for the NRS team, um, the High Five Dream Team. And even though she wasn't in my kit, that meant that she will wear the High Five National Champs jersey every time she rides a crit in 2015. Wonderful. So, our, yeah, our sponsors were were ecstatic um, that she, she won and that um, we'll have the National Crit Champion on the high five dream team. Yeah, I mean, not that you. I was looking through your riders' palmares, and you've got junior track world champs, you've got uh, elite track world champs, medalists, you've got all kinds of NRS stars. You know, riders who've been all over the podium. I I don't know. That's it. Looks wonderful, and it looks very very. It's very interesting riders as well. It's it's yeah. I think it's going to be really great to watch what happens. Well, they've got, um, you know, they, these women are the cream of the crop in Australia. They're, they're the ones that um, these athletes have shown potential to represent Australia at elite level already in the next couple of years. Mm. So these athletes that have come together for the High Five Dream Team are the best that we have in Australia that are not already placed in European UCI professional teams. So they've all had a little bit of a taste of, you know, international racing um, through their junior world championships or short trips to Europe. Now they just need to be thrown into a really professional environment for a 12-month period in order to develop themselves um, career-wise mm-hmm. and to make that conscious decision of, is this what I want for what period of time? I think it's great to um, do a lot of planning with athletes at this age. They know what the sport's going to be like, but they need somebody to introduce them to the professional side of it. So, you know, the sacrifices you make with family and normal life here in Australia, yeah. it's a really big so over the next 12 months, just educating these women on how their life plan and structure looks and what they would like to achieve in cycling and in life in general and put it all into a plan. Whether we go to the plan or the athletes stick to the plan doesn't matter, but I think it's just a good exercise that we, we talk to the individual athletes, expose them to what it's going to be like as much as we possibly can. And our director, Donna Rasolinski, she's been in this game for a very, very long time, so um, on a day-to-day basis, she'll be communicating with the athletes, and I'm looking forward to the reports that I get about, you know, which athletes are going to be the ones that really want it, that want to make it, that are fitting into a team environment, you know, that um, yeah, edging to get overseas. And I- I've had some interesting, um, you know, conversations just in the last 48 hours with the athletes because you can already feel what, you know, athletes are just saying, no, that's me, I'm there, I'm going to Europe, that's where, you know, mm. the attitudes that you pick up from the athletes just in a uh, general conversation. So, um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting to listen to eight of these really talented 
Australian athletes. They've all they've all got results under their belt. They're all uh, you know they've proven that they've got talent. Now it's just a matter of what we're going to do with it. Yeah, and I think what I loved reading your press release was it's obvious that it, the stuff that you're going to be teaching them, if they don't make it as a pro cyclist or they don't make it as a you know full time pro cyclist in Europe, you're teaching them stuff that they can help the younger girl, younger women that can help them with a professional life anyway, and that's that's just that's inspiring to me because it seems like it's more than just about you know developing their riding it's about helping them as you know become I don't know business women I guess in a if they're treating themselves their own brand as their business yeah well I mean that's what has really brought me alive about this this project because I have been doing that um, for the last two years with young wiggle Honda athletes mm. but as you would have seen for the professional team in 2015, we've brought in a lot of athletes who are a little bit older and more established professionals that don't need so much guidance in um, in life and they've developed their own, you know, careers already. Mm. Um, so that, that team, uh, we've still got riders that we're developing, but we've got a lot of riders that are already established professionals in, in life in general and as a professional athlete. So um, I know that it's what gives me a buzz is sharing what I've learned over the last 15 years about how to make a career out of cycling and how the cycling world works and what they can expect out of it and, you know, also to put their feet back on the ground if they're expecting, you know, too much from the sport and just to put a, paint a real picture on how this is going to be for them and what they could possibly achieve out of the sport um, in terms of a career and, um, yeah, just be that person that's uh, able to give them a, a, a holistic approach to what they're doing. Amazing. I'm really happy about that. Um, going back to Wiggle Honda, and I guess the, the, the High Five Dream Team, because you saw it a little bit with your video. I was super impressed with your videos, by the way, from Bakeritz. I, I always loved them last year, and I've just been run, running a women's cycling survey, audience survey, and the response to your about your videos is really special. But they seem to have taken a step up. <laughs> What's happened there? They're just even better. Well, you know, um, I, I actually had a um, for this Australian summer um, with so much happening with the High Five Dream Team and having riders out from Europe with Wiggle Honda and the fact that uh, women's cycling in Australia is now going to be on TV. Um, during 2015, the Cycling Australia had a new deal with Channel 9 and Fox Sports. Mm. I decided that um, we want to document this, so I need to have a, a really good uh, cameraman videographer with us um, for the whole of January because this is an exciting time for women's cycling in Australia and so many athletes that I'm involved with and such wonderful great stories. I need to get a, a great guy um, through Channel 9. He hasn't any experience with cycling which can be a good thing and a bad thing Yeah. but um, we're getting some really nice pictures and we're getting a different different feel to our films than we've had in the past in Europe because it's a, it's a new person with obviously new ideas and new expertise and um, I'm really enjoying the challenge too of having to be the producer all over again because um, cycling is uh, obviously a, a very unique sport and if you bring somebody in that hasn't been in there's a lot of education explaining to do in such a very very short amount of time so um, that's been quite challenging but really really enjoyable and um, I'm glad to hear that everybody's loving the films because we put a lot of work into them yeah, mm. yeah, I love the mix of on-bike footage and, and camera work. It was just, you know, it's showing us something different. And I guess if you're having to teach someone what's new about cycling, 
they can then teach that to an audience, I guess, because yes, they're not taking right. it for granted. Yeah, and that's why I say that it's, it's, it is good because if you have somebody that's a bit raw, then they can they might be intrigued about um, the way that the bikes go on the roof racks, and that's interesting to people that might be just thinking about getting into cycling. So mm. to have a uh, you know a, a new mind come into our team environment, you, you you learn things about what actually is interesting to to people a little bit on the outside of the sport. We just had a discussion yesterday about how many bottles we need to pack for Tour Down Under and nobody would ever think about this but we have two teams, we were Honda, High Five Dream Team, 10 athletes, four days, six bottles a day. You're talking over 200 bottles for four days of racing. Wow. That's something people don't think about but yeah, that's 200 bottles for four days of racing at Tour Down Under. Yeah, that's little things that uh, people, you know, you learn that people get a little bit blown away about. He was just overhearing a conversation. He says, you're going to have 200 bottles? And I'm like, yeah, and that's, you know, if it's really hot, we're going to struggle with that. But, um, yeah, they're the little things that are interesting to people in, in the type of documentary films that we're putting together. Amazing. So very quickly, one last question. What can we expect from you? You're in Australia. The first UCI race of the year is Qatar. Obviously, Chloe, last year, never missed a break. The year before, doing so well before her puncture. Georgia's an amazing sprinter. What should we expect from Wiggle Honda in Qatar? Well, we should expect that the Wiggle Honda team win in Qatar. Yeah. And that's uh, a scary thing to say, especially when my athletes hear that. But um, I'm sure they will. <laughs> they want to. They want to win uh, Qatar. It very much suits um, the style of riders that we have. Mm. So um, everybody should be prepared because they've got this uh, one month out in Australia. Uh, we will bring some riders from Europe, like uh, Elisa and Audrey and uh, Yolene daughter. Mm. So the team, the team for Qatar is on paper. I think the strongest team. Uh, I think there's no excuses. Everybody should be informed. And uh, if everything goes well, I think we will have a really strong first UCI race of the season. Wow, going out to be because obviously Kirsten Field, I think she's won the last. Um, what is it? Hasn't she won the last seven stages out of the last eight stages in the last two editions? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So if Kirsten Wheels there, it's not going to be easy. But uh, we we have to try something. I mean, we've got the numbers, strengthening numbers, and yeah, if. I think this is well. This is certainly the most the strongest team I've ever put on a start line for any race. Wow! And um, our director's done a lot of research on the strength of the other teams and our strengths, and we believe that if the tactics are right with the strength that we have on paper, we should be able to. We should be able to. I mean, bike racing is bike racing, so anything can happen. But um, you know, everything's there. We've got all the tools that we need to try and beat Kirsten Wild. I'm so excited. I love that race anyway, but you're just making, you just gave me chills. I can't wait to watch it because I can imagine Orica are saying the same thing and everyone else is saying the same thing. It's going to be a really exciting season and I hope you're massively successful all the way through it. Oh, thanks, Sarah. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Well, good luck and we'll be watching you closely. Have a great commentary. Have a fantastic Aussie season and yeah, bring it on. All right. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to know more about Rochelle's new project, you can follow them on their website, highfivedreamteam.com, and on Twitter, at highfivedreamteam. That's five, the number five. 
and you can get to their Facebook page, their YouTube, all of that from their website. And of course, you can follow Wiggle Honda on wigglehonda.com and also at Wiggle Honda on Twitter. And Rochelle is rochellegilmore.com and at Rochelle Gilmore, all one word. I'll be putting links to the videos of the races we talked about and to the new teams, everything like that, on my website, prowomenscycling.com. I'm funded to do this kind of interview through my Patreon supporters, so thank you so much for letting me do this. If you want to know more about that, I'm on www.patreon.com slash womenscycling. And if you want to ask me anything, I'm on Twitter, where I'm underscore pigeons underscore. So come and say hi, and come back to my site, prowomenscycling.com, for more interviews, more articles, and all the videos I find from all the Australian racing. Thanks for listening.